everyone, it's Michelle. And Delaudis. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. You are his living epistle, read by all men. That's right. You are Jesus' ambassador. This is the Living Epistle Project radio program. You're listening to the Living Epistle Project radio program. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. What an amazing day it is today. I can tell you why. Listen, it's never the sun. It's never the nature. It is never the circumstances of life that make me think that it's an amazing day. It's an amazing day because, because the bright and morning star is alive. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you and we exalt you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord Father, and we join you and we obey you in lifting up your name because you say that if you be lifted up, you will draw all men to you. So we thank you, Lord, for being available, Lord. Oh, how thankful I am that you are available for us. I've sent you, Lord Father. I don't know how life would have been and I don't want to know. I want to meet you at the end, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for the listeners. Father, you know everything that they are going through right now, Lord Father God. But you call them warrior if they have warrior, if they have accepted you as their Lord and Savior. So this is no big deal. You call us to be tough, tough skin. I'm reminded of when you reminded the people of Israel that you brought them out of Egypt like wing of eagles, right? On wing of eagles as if it was easy. Right? But in our mind, sometimes it could be hard. You want us to have tough skin because with the natural eye, we can say the journey from Egypt to, to wherever they were going was hard, but you said it was a piece of cake. So thank you, Lord Father, for the strength you see in us, which is your strength, the strength you put in us and the, the vision you have for your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, Amen. I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon, and I'm in the studio with my beautiful co-people. They're co-people. Co-people, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You never know what I'm going to come up with. No, never. <laughs> Absolutely. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Michelle, are you there? Wherever you're listening from, good evening, good afternoon, <laughs> wherever you are. I love it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the sun shines? <laughs> At a different time, Michelle, it dif- different whether it depends on where you are. And the sun is always shining, right? It's just, a, a, I love mm-hmm. the fact that you said wherever you li- listen and good morning, good afternoon, right? Because right now it could be morning for us and it's not really morning, right? So, right. yeah. No, that's amazing. No, that is amazing. <laughs> um, it's amazing how God is just, yes, we all live on the same planet earth um but it it but it's amazing how each one has individual cultures and ideas and their morning could be completely different than our mornings but it's the same thing mm-hmm. you know they go yeah it's the same thing their evening might be different than ours but it's we're all experiencing the same the same type of day where there's seasons and and darkness and light so yes absolutely you know, I, I heard there's a song, there's a beautiful song that said, Someone said that in each life some rain is bound to fall. Each one shed his share of tears and trouble, troubles us us. But the sun, won't, the end of it is that the sun, won't, won't, the rain yeah. won't last forever. And this, the cloud that the sun has been hiding, the sun will be showing up wherever you are. 
So encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you know, you know, Ella and I after last week, Ella and I and the rest of the crew <laughs> were chatting, and and Ella brought an interesting topic which I thought was very deep. <laughs> if it's not deep, I'm not discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to, you know, classify. I, 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 you know, if I was like walking around this week, I'm like, I just, I'm not made for light conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you're not made for fluff. You're not made for fluff. Yeah, if it's it's if it's light, I'm like, okay, you can only get my attention for so long. It's gonna be like, oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. nice. Okay, can we move on? But the conversation was deep. <laughs> so I think what Ella talked about was. Go ahead. It's um, you know, I was going through Exodus um, thirty uh, thirty two, and I came across the the part where um, Aaron, uh, when Moses was um, in the mountain with the Lord, and the Israelites got, um, I guess you know they got tired of waiting on them on, on Moses, mm-hmm. and um, they were just you know they wanted. Um, I don't know, their focus got lost, right? So they wanted something immediate. Like it, it almost makes me think of immediate gratification, like the times that we live in now, um, where everything is like the, what is it, the microwave? Microwave, <laughs> microwave generation. Microwave yeah. generation. Um, everything has to be in an instant. You need it now, you get it now. Mm-hmm. You know? And So everything is so fast. And, you know, they pressured um, Aaron, who's supposed to be the leader, right, um, with a long Simosis, and uh, they pressured him, and Aaron felt the pressure, and about you know they he caved, and they wanted a god of some sort, and you know he pretty much um, so he made one donated well <laughs> made one for them, and facilitated that. So I was just thinking of his leadership, and and you know went back to the process that him and his sons, and even the Israelites went through. To get sanctified, they had to go through all these rituals that the Lord put them through. And, you know, even the Israelites went as far as you know, just asking the Lord not to talk to them directly, right? Because they experienced the magnitude of his voice and how scary it was. And so I just wonder, my goodness, how, how did they get from that, right? To then pressuring their leader who was you know, they're guiding the way. I mean, as God led him, how did they get from that to wanting a golden something or or an idol that they can worship, an idol that they made themselves so they can worship? I didn't understand it. Um, And I just thought of, of Aaron. And in that moment, that crucial moment where he needed to be a leader, right, he became a follower, he became, he followed mm. <laughs> the very people that he was supposed to lead. Um, and so that kind of sprung me back into, you know, the current situation we find ourselves in where, you know, a lot of pastors have to make tough decisions. We live in a, in a time where, you know, any, any person in leadership right now has to make tough decisions. And this is where your leadership really gets tested. Um, and I, I, it just, you know, it had a Lord prompted me to just pray for the pastors now in this very hour, just to call for that. 
um, because mm-hmm. many, many, many will cave, many have caved already, um, you know, appeasing the world um, instead of teaching the truth of God seems to be the way to go um, right now. And so it's, you know, it, it is, um, it, it is something that really, really grieved my heart. And I'm sure that um, it has grieved the Lord, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just, it's a call for prayer for them. And in that moment, um, obviously, it got rectified. You know, Moses stood in the gap and uh, prayed. So, I, you know, I'm thinking to take that spot now that we as a church take that spot and stand in the gap and pray for these pastors and these leaders. So, I don't I know. think part of that, ahead, that a lot of um, is that, you know, there's there's people, even if they are um, pastors who are, who are deceived and want to fit in and think that they're going to pull in more people into their, for whatever their purposes are, into their congregation. Um, they're going to build their build their church, but really not God's church, right? right? So I think there's a lot of deception, and, and I think people trying to, even pastors trying to fit in to the mold of the world instead of looking, looking at the foundation, which is the Word, and, and going to the Lord with what they really need to do. Right. And so, also- yeah, definitely prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, praying for them. And also for, you know, even those that know the truth in the congregation and they know that being led astray, you know, this is your chance too to not only pray, mm-hmm. but also, you know, ask the Lord, you know, what, what is my, my post in this moment? Like, I cannot go along. The leader has, you know, shifted his priority. It's no longer you. Mm-hmm. So what should I do? I'm not right. going to follow that because it's not following you. <laughs> so it's a decision mm-hmm. for yeah. the congregation also to make. Um, and not, you know, just follow along just because he's, you know, they've been great leaders up to this moment. And now, you know, um, so everyone is involved here. We have to seek the Lord, you know, in, in more than ever in this time, um, mm-hmm. for, you know, for us to cover the leaders, but also know, you know, what, you know, what the Lord wants out of our lives and not to be led astray. But I think, I think also though, um, I think a lot of recognizing the responsibility of being a leader, right? I think you have to understand what it means, right? Because I think if when you don't understand what it means to be a leader, I think we live in a time, like at, le- at least when we were, the time that I grew up is that everybody's a leader, which is true. That's what I tell people. Like you are a leader because you lead your life first um, and then everybody else, right? Or you follow, I, I'm not against following because at one point you're going to follow, but who are you following and what are you following? Mm. I think we live in a place where we all just like are at the same level. It is true. It is true. We look at Jesus. Jesus said that the student doesn't need to know more than the teacher, you know? So basically Jesus is putting himself in the teach, um, believe um, the followers, the disciples in the same level, but at the same time, leadership doesn't mean going along with what is not according to the word of God, you have a duty to to sh- feed the sheep of Jesus Christ. You have to feed the sheep. You know, um, and he gave Peter the commandment, said, you know, he asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter keeps saying, yes, you know. And then eventually Peter said, you mm-hmm. know, Lord. And Peter said, he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And, and it's, this, I think I think one of the things, too, I think is we have to come to a place where 
we understand the 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 seriousness of being a leader, but we also need to understand how God sees our soul. Right? It is a it's something that Jesus died for. We take it for granted as Christians because we always like Jesus died for us. But no, it has to be something great for God for Jesus to come and suffer the pain that he suffered for us. The soul is valuable. The Bible says when one sinner come to the Lord, there's a party going on in heaven. Again, I paraphrase. There's a party going on in heaven. And I think we we the leaders Christians need to value the soul so we can get to a place that we don't play around with, with, with the gospel. We don't change it. We don't, again, we see Paul who is like always like saying, give people another chance, give people. But when it comes down to people living the, the people of the, a certain church away, he, he, he step up, he start attacking really. He started calling it like it is. And today in our church culture, in the church culture, we cannot tell people they're sinning. Do not judge. <laughs> that is the verse that gets thrown back. Right. I'll tell right, you this right. a lot. Is that someone needs to tell me, then why would Jesus, God says, get away from among them. In order for you to do that, you must be able to evaluate and notice what's happening, what's wrong, so you can get away from among them. Mm. You know, He also said, if someone fall, fall, and then you go and try to bring them back and they continue to to live in mm-hmm. the sin go away so how do you do that unless you judge i think we need to understand the root of the judge of the word judge mm-hmm. and in this in the legal world that i live in right the world that i make a living in judgment is not a bad thing right judgment is examining circumstances against rules against set principles set standard and come to a reasonable conclusion you know, and, and so I think we need to be able to, you said something earlier, bringing people, I think the church, I don't know if you mentioned well, no, it. When the, you know, when leaders, um, they lose their ways um, and they're, you know, they forget. I think somewhere along the line, they forget that they're bringing people to Jesus, the main goal the main uh-huh. purpose of their leadership, really, when they're called by God, um, is to bring, you know, the sheep and, and guide them along to Jesus. Not, you know, and so when you forget that that's what they're there for and not you, not, the, you know, not the personalities um, that you bring to church, not, you know, your your way of speaking that may be, you know, great, it's Jesus, and so even if, you know, when you use the very um, teachings of the Bible, the very teachings of the Lord, it may be harsh at times. Just it, like it, when most the teaching. Yeah. To the flesh. <laughs> and, 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 you know, people may revolt against it, but imagine a parent, right, not guiding their child in the way that they should go and letting them, you know, go off a cliff or knowing the, you know, kids are very adventurous and they love, you know, they don't know consequences. You have to teach them the way, and they think you're the worst, you know, when you're actually teaching them that. I'm not a parent, but I've seen it with my niece and I remember my own, you know, doings. But um, as a parent, it, it, it is hurtful. They think it, it's, you know, the most you know, terrible thing that happens to them when you tell them no, when you tell them that not to do that, you know, that burns you, don't play with fire, don't put your fingers and, you know, in the, in the outlet. All those things 
are needed to keep the you know the, the the children safe and also growing in the way that they should go so the same thing as a shepherd the same thing as a leader and it's not about them remember the main goal is to bring them to jesus they will revolt they probably leave that's expected you know but as long as you can stand remember there's a in james 3 1 um is he says not many of you should become teachers Mm. my fellow believers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly and i think that's forgotten to a lot of them it's almost like the perks of it you know the you know the i don't know what it is but i i always been afraid to be a leader to be honest with you because of this very Mm -hmm. verse and many others where the responsibility is so much greater i think i think we are in a place where we love the the title leadership yeah, more yeah. a lot of people are just like i'm a leader i'm a leader i'm a leader again i do believe that you are a leader i think everybody is called to be an individual god cares about that stone yeah. that one stone that he's putting that the building together you have to lead as he called you whether big or not but i think we we we've come up with a new idea of what leadership is and we are in love with the title not knowing what the responsibility is. Um, ladies, there's a lot. Can I do- oh, go ahead, Michelle, please. No, go ahead, Mary. Um, I'll go after. I'm reading a devotional now that says the most excellent way to lead, and it's something in it, it just really jumped out at me. Anyone can see a problem. It takes a leader to examine why the problem is there and decide what to do about it. Leaders deal with problems. They don't run from it. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think when you go back to Aaron and why Aaron complied with the people, I think the first step was he was he didn't he he, he did he forgot the miracles they came through. Mm-hmm. You think about the manna that was appearing in front of their tents every day. You think about the Red Sea that they just walked through, two million people just walked through to dry ground. And when you get to a place where you become complicit with what everyone else is doing, you forget. A leader, again, sees what sees the problem and decides what to do with it. Yeah. We have leaders now that seeing an overwhelming problem. They're seeing their ministry shifts. They're seeing people leaving. They see people coming in. Um, they see a huge opportunity, but yet they see a challenge because they have to adjust. And I think that we, yes, prayer for pastors are, is extremely important, but compassion, because as we are also adjusting to a new society, we have leaders that are also doing the same. But I also think, though, I think, I, uh, Michelle, I'm going to let you go. Do, do not forget what you are saying. And I'm going to be, <laughs> so no for me, it's no. more like a, I mean, there's a time for compassion. It sounds shocking, right? There is a time for correction. I love this verse that says in 2 Timothy 4, for I am, um, for, let me see, where do I start? They'll turn away for, for there will come, a, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what they Itching ears want to hear. They will turn turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside me. But you keep your head in all situation 
endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. I think there is a time. That's where the discernment come. If I think what we've been doing is we, we don't um, divide the truth equally. We don't. I think there is a time for compassion, Mary, which is true. And we have a duty to pray for our leaders, right? Mm-hmm. We have to, a duty to do that. However, I think we, baby, we can baby someone so much that they come to think that it's okay. The Bible actually says we rebuke people. Yeah. That's shocking. We rebuke them. Um, rebuke how? Rebuke doesn't, if I said, no, what you're doing is wrong, uh, it doesn't sound nice, right? Because most people nowadays do not like to be wrong, right? And so I think we do need to call it out. I think right now, I think right now, I don't know if it's a compassion thing for me. Mm. I think right now, what are you doing? Because when the, the church goes down, if one member is weak, the whole body is weak. And right now, they, I love the verse that you said about Moses and Exodus mm-hmm. right there. At some point, Moses says, look what they've done. The, the, they've made the enemy. They've become a laughing stock to the enemy. So I translate it. We've become a laughing stock to the world. Mm-hmm. And Moses draw a line at some point. He says, okay, those who want to be with God, come this way. Those who don't want to go, go. So that's there, I, and I I agree, Michelle. I know I'm sorry, <laughs> but I I I agree that there has to be a line that's being drawn. But I also go back to First Corinthians 13, where it says, if you you know if you prophesy, if you do, and you don't do it in love, it's like clanging cymbals. I also believe that. It, Judgment needs to be delivered in a way of love. It needs the line has Mm -hmm. to be drawn. Yes, the line has to be drawn because right is right. And what the word said is truth. And anything that goes against Mm -hmm. the word Mm -hmm. is a lie. Anything. Right. And I I would say sometimes we equate love to to just being just quieted and just like, okay, no, no, I understand. You're going, yes, you're going through a tough time. We understand. No. Love sometimes is yank you by the head. Like, <laughs> well, we don't do that yeah. physically. Well, <laughs> not, not, no, no, yeah. not physically, but kind well, of. Yeah. Go ahead, Michelle. I'm sorry. Well, no, saying love, love is not always passive, right? I think right. people think that love is, is something to be passive about, and it's not. Love is to strengthen, and, and I, I totally get the compassion, but I also get the, um, the fact that people need to, you know, it, it, it says in. Uh, John 4.1, and this goes for everybody, but I mean, first John, sorry, 4.1, but this goes for everyone, um, pastors, congregation, you know, beloved, don't believe every spirit, Yeah, you know, yes. test the spirit to see whether they're from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So even as pastors, they have to test what, what it is they're speaking, what it is they're doing, and they should be, you know, seeking the Lord. But one of the things I wanted to say from what I think a lot of you mentioned it and, and you guys as well, is that there are some in leadership who, and when I think about doing the things of God, I think there, there it's not just a job, right? There's some that look at it as a job. This is my job. My job is to get people in. My job is to fill the pews. My job is to, you know, it's not a calling. It's not really from their hearts. I mean, I have, I have seen this myself. Um, you know, at some point in my life where it, it's a, it's not, it's a job, not a calling. So the love that needs to be there from the calling 
that God has is not there and they're not going by the truth of the Lord. They're going by, I want to fill this number or, you know, or they're going by their personality or, you know, they're not looking at the things of God um, from a leadership perspective. Right. And I also, go ahead. Sorry, Michelle. No, go, go, go. Um, So I also think that we don't take ourselves serious and we don't take Mm -hmm. um, God serious. I really think so. I think we also think that, you know, there's let your yes be yes and your no be no is really a true thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a true thing. I know the yeah. world have its own way, but it's really mm-hmm. God really expect you to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Meaning take yourself serious. Like say what you mean, mean what you say. Live a life that is per, per his standard. What Where does that mean? I, I think when people hear rules, they think of strictness, like only strictness, like a one line, you can't go this way, you can't go that way. No, I think it's boundaries. Mm. You know, I think mm. when, when we don't take ourselves serious, we just don't manage ourselves properly. Mm. And I think leadership, when I say lead yourself, everybody's a leader. You, the first person you lead is yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. I have procedures for my life. I have do's and don't for my life. And I have a, a, a group of people in my life that I call my board exe- executive <laughs> friendship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I trust that they would call me out if yes. I'm doing the wrong thing. I hope so. I pray so yes. Be- because mm-hmm. at the end of it, you, I will give an account. Yeah. Well, I don't think we take that serious. We will give an account. It, this world is not our home. It's really not our home. And we keep thinking, I think of my nieces and nephews, because as Elaudi says, I'm not a mom, but I, am, I, I have nieces and nephews, which I, God has blessed me to have a helping yeah. hand in raising. I love them so much. I play with them. I joke around with them. But I do understand the ultimate goal is for them to come out of this world a healthy living being. That is living the mm-hmm. way God called them to live. And the moment they deviate from that path, friendly modeling is no longer around. The, the fighter is on. Where I'm fighting even against you for your sake. Right, but think about um, in the same concept, the same threat. Your niece comes to you and, you know, she's doing things that she's not supposed to. And that you know that if you coddle this, if you become just her friend and not the stern, you know, not the, the, the you know, not the leader modeling in her life, um, you know where this is going to, to take her, you know, and why in the moment she may have an amazing relationship with you and she will think that you're the coolest thing ever. Um, it will be a destructive thing, a destructive pattern that will lead her to destructive behavior and who knows destroy her life in certain ways. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you're giving her, you're pacifying in the moment just to keep the relationship, you know, appeased and, and, you know, enjoyable. Cause it's not, you know, when you have to set rules, regulations, and obviously restrictions, you no longer become the cool, No, you know, and, and leaders. And again, that's the part that a lot of leaders don't want to deal with in, in, in that sense. You know what, what my motto is a lot is, I don't care if I'm liked. If you're liked. Yes. Yeah, yes. I could care less. <laughs> it happened that people like mm-hmm. me, but I don't care. My goal is to live the life God called me to live and to, to live by standard and principles. It, I know it sounds like, oh, modeling is so, so tough. 
No, we have to live by standard and principle. But you do it in love, though. I know exactly. it sounds tough, but in, you yeah. know, in 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 just observing, in just as an example, in, in observing you, in how in the great lens that you will take to teach your your you know your nieces and nephew a lesson. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> I mean, it is we can oh, write yeah. books about it. We can write books about it. It's really amazing, and and you know it's. But at the end of the day, they see how much you care, you know, and they get yeah. they get it. At the end of the, you're you're showing them it's not it's not about here's what you need to do yeah. don't say anything just follow no, no you're you're engaging them and uh, you know bringing them to that understanding as to why you know this is you know bring them back to the Bible let's say you know let, let's go let's go through the Bible again and let's you know let's sit down let's have a conversation about this but this is you know no way to um, what you're doing right now it's wrong and I'm going to show you why do you understand why so there's that exchange. Um, that takes place as well so, because you're not just doing things because someone is telling you to, no, to no. do it. No, no, you got. I think because I, I understand. I respect the little human beings, right? I respect them to know that they have value and they can understand themselves if they they find truth in them. And I think to your point, Mary, um, it's like um, what's his name, Aaron. Aaron actually was blaming the people as opposed to him. He didn't understand his role. It's like that, you know, Adam and <laughs> Eve. Oh, yeah. Adam, again, you right? know, Eve's like, hey, look, I just found the apple. I'm just, you know. He actually did not blame himself. He's like, they said this. Right. You know how they're horrible. <laughs> Right. He, that's what he said. But even God was trying to get rid of them. I know. Yeah, you know so Moses people. Talk about intercession. <laughs> Moses is like, look, don't kill them now. What are your enemies going to say? And God is like, oh, okay. So your just, people, he right. said to Moses. Exactly. Your people. Because Moses wasn't trying to claim them either. Um, <laughs> it's so true. But I think at the end of the day, um, I, as, we're, as we're discussing this i just see this this pandemic that what we're in is a huge opportunities for the leaders to rise up to rise up it's a huge opportunity for pastors to see okay when i follow and when i use the word of god as my boundary as my final truth this is what happens because god has to honor his word At the end of the day, as a leader, yes, it's so easy to comply. It's so easy to be the social media guru. It's so easy to fall into what everybody else is telling you to do. But as a leader, to be able to say the raw truth, like you said, not being liked and getting used to not being liked. Because you're not supposed to. I think in the church, that is why we need our communities. We need to build a community as fellow believers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in the church and our surrounding, we are going to be, to be happy and be liked most likely, you know, unless the personalities crash. But I think we have to come to the place where we know that the flesh is enmity with God. And if you are, again, even if you're a believer, sometimes the flesh overtake, right? So a believer living in the flesh will be offended and will not like you. And even me sometimes, if I'm not living according to the spirit, will be offended if you try to correct me. I pray not. I try not to, right? And so... And so I think I think we we need to get to the place of not get used to not being like to to that verse you were talking about we were talking about in Exodus thirty two. Um, I'm sorry, Michelle. I think I'm hearing an echo or some kind of thing. 
if you can mind it for me, please. Um, so I hear Exodus 32, right? It says, this is where um, Aaron was. Do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. <laughs> you know how they are. You know how they are, Moses. <laughs> they said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us, this is what they were saying about you, Moses, who hmm. <laughs> brought us out of Egypt. We don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has not any, any gold, any jewelry gold, take it off. And they gave it to me, and I make it um, the calf. But you ha- we had two type of leaders here. We had a leader who cared, who understood the the, the stewardship of the of the individual that they were leading, mm. and we had one who did not understand the value of that um, soul. So we had Moses who begged when God says, "I'm going to destroy them." <laughs> You know, I, I can get rid of them and start a new one with you. It's okay. Yeah, we're all good with that. Um, it's funny. It's modeling what you just said, and it just it's dawned on me knowing the value. And and it's funny when you said knowing the value of the call. When we talk about pastors, it's knowing the value of what you were called to. It's not just a job. It's just you have people. You have you are shepherds, so they're sheep. You think about David, when David was pastoring in the sheep, uh, in the fields with the sheep, he knew the value of who he was as a shepherd as a young age. I love that. The sheep, were, um, the, the sheep was important and the people right. were important to him. And in yeah. either level, he, he took it with him. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. He was trained by the sheep. He was trained to, have, to, to know the value of the people he was leading by tending to the sheep. And that's the one thing. That was his first job. That you know? was his first job. And you he think about well. Aaron. Aaron went through the entire process to be a priest. His family were called oh. to be priests. So they went through a whole purification process, but still didn't place value on who they were. It's like ritualistic. You know, they were just fine. And that's what, you know, what I meant by, you know, when you just follow to follow, okay, you know, Christianity accepted the Lord is great. And here are the rules. Let me just follow them. And you have no understanding. Relationship. And no, right. And and the understanding comes from the relationship uh, with God. But if you're coming just on Sundays to get, you know, get the worship, get the word just so, you can sit there for so you know a few hours yeah, <laughs> and then just yeah. go, and it's not applied, yeah. um, it's not exercised in your life, it's not active in your life. Then of course you're gonna there's gonna be that disconnect um, between what you understand God wants for your life, who God is in your life, why yeah. the whys of, and we may not understand all the whys, but you know once we start learning his his character and his love for us, yeah. a lot of the things that I thought were like a joy kill, <laughs> you know, when I was in the world and I came to the Lord, I'm like, no, he loves us that much yeah. that he puts those boundaries there yeah. for us. He understand your value. Exactly. He understood your value. Michelle, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I, I put you on mute. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I think you mentioned pastors, um, Mary. I think it's the lead... For me, it's all everybody in the yes. church. I, th- I think it's not only the the pastor. The pastor have a significant role, very significant. You have such a burden, and, and that's why it's important to pray, as Mary said, for the pastors, for the leaders. I think Mary or Michelle, one of you guys said it. 
pray for them because it's such a big deal to be a leader. Yeah. But I, just because it's a big deal doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. Not saying like in um, going back to Acts, going back to Paul um, in Acts twenty verse twenty eight, especially for leaders, he told his people as he was you know heading to Jerusalem, take take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over that which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. So, you know, he, he said, you know, you have to be mindful of, of what you're doing. And, you know, he goes on to say that he knew that after he left, you know, in verse uh, uh, 29, when he departed from them, that, you know, wolves would enter among them, not sparing the flock. And also your own selves shall Men arise speaking perverse things and draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember, um, you know, what I've warned you of. So it, it is both, I think, the, the yeah. leaders and, and the congregation, you know, they're, they're, we're in a time now. And, um, you know, you guys are saying that we should be, it's an opportunity now, right, for, for leaders to rise up to the Lord. Um, however, there are going to be those people who rise up yes. pretending to be for the Lord yes. or not yeah. realizing that what they're saying is not true. Right. right. And the I, truth of God. Exactly. And I think, I think Michelle, that the sad thing is someone who's not following can be so blind and so deceived mm-hmm. that they don't even know that they've, they are deceiving themselves. Yeah. So it's important that yeah. we, the leaders take care of themselves. And it's important that the leaders value the, the sheep that God has, the bowed sheep, their bowed sheep, and that you have to be a good steward of it. And I applied the stewardship, the f- parable of the five talents to that as well. Mm. These five talents, whether it's a big church or a small church, I prefer small church, but <laughs> whether it's a big or small church, I've been, a, I've been in both, right? I've been in big church, I've been in small church. You have to give it successfully as God would want. We mm. turn it back to Jesus as God would want. And, and I think we have to pass leaders and not only pastors. I'm not only talking about no. pastors, leaders no, have exactly leaders have to come to the place of understanding leadership is a servant. I love CC Winans, And I think in her page, she put lead servant, they're pastors of a church. He, she and her husband, she put lead servant. Right? So mm-hmm. I love that instead of that leader kind of thing, but See yourself as someone who's working for a master. And the, the products are the church, the members mm-hmm. of the church. And you have to turn them back to him healthy. Healthy. Mm. Exa- oh, wow. Healthy. Exactly. And profitable. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> profitable too? Healthy and profitable. Oh, wow. Okay. Even if they, are, if they don't multiply, just, just do your part. Do your yeah. part. That is what required of you. Your part is not to bring people to you, but bring people to Jesus. And I said, the, the people sitting on the pew have a role as well. You are a leader as well. It says, as Michelle said, I think it's Michelle, test mm-hmm. every spirit, one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Test every spirit to see if it's of God. God put you in such a, a hard position, a, such a responsible position there. While you're sitting in this pew, you have to st- to test that pastor, no matter how much you like it, you like mm-hmm. them. You got to mm-hmm. test what they just said, what they just did. It's not only said, did. And right now, this is going to be sound shocking. And I try to stay away from black square. 
Anybody on Black Square is taking killing me right now. I'm actually unfollow anybody with a black square because the value of the black square, it, if you go behind the foundation of the black square, mm. it is unbiblical. So regardless of what they do or not, you have to pay attention. You have to evaluate against the word of God. And that is uncomfortable. Right. And it, again, it's not losing sight. It's not going with culture. It's not going with um, anything around us. But the Bible does it. Um, does it align with the Bible? You know, does that you know m- movement organization or anything else going on aligns with the Word of God? What are they doing? What are they following? What are they asking us to do as a church? Such a responsibility for it's the a follow- huge for thing. Follower. And you know, I, I uh, this brought me to First um, Corinthians. Uh, or 10, I mean, we can read the whole thing here because it literally encapsulates everything that we're talking about. Um, but this is when um, Paul was speaking to the Corinth. Um, we are the Messiah's misfits. I like that. What version is that? Um, uh, this Never is supposed to be an IV, but <laughs> I don't see it right away. Uh, Go ahead. Um, we are Messiah's misfits. You might be sure of yourselves. But we live in the midst of frailties and uncertainties. You might be well thought, thought of by others, but we are mostly kicked around. Much of the time, we don't, uh, we don't have enough to eat. We wear patched and threadbare clothes. We get doors slammed in our faces. And we pick up our jobs anywhere we can to eke out a living. When they call us names, we say, God bless you. When they spread rumors about us, we put in a good wor- uh, word for them. Amen. We're treated like garbage, potato peelings from the culture, uh, culture's kitchen, and it's not getting any better. Just, um, so I'm pausing here, just in case you thought we were going through a hard time, y'all. Paul, Paul was in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not writing, and, and this is the part, I'm not, writing, I'm not writing all this as neighborhood scold us. It's called just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and want you to grow well, not spoiled. Mm. In this part, there are a lot of people around you who can't wait to tell you you've done wrong, Mm -hmm. but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow. It was Mm -hmm. as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. And, um, he goes on. I think I lost the, the part that I, I wanted to, to share with you guys. But it, it, this covers two things. Is the myth, misfit that that part, understanding that as a follower of Christ, you may not, you know, you're going to be called to do things that are not, go completely against the grain of culture, completely against, you know, what society is doing. And you have to be okay with that identity because if you're not, you are going to conform to the world. Mm. As leaders, you said something morally very important. If you don't lead yourself first well, mm-hmm. and you know, you might use the rule book, you know, and throw it at the congregation, throw it at the people following you, and they follow it to see they don't know why they're following it. And at some point, you know, you will lose your way as well because you didn't lead yourself properly. Um, but if you are that leader that in all what Paul says, I'm not asking you, there's a part here. I'm not asking you to do anything I myself haven't done. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that, that resonated with me in your comment. Um, 
Lot here. There, I, I, there's a lot going on. I, I went to the Passion Translation, and in verse 15 of what you were reading, First Corinthians 4, 15, it says, Although you could have countless babysitters oh, in Christ telling you to, that you are doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. And that's really stood out for me because as leaders, um, yes, we have to major in leadering ourselves. I want to say these are, we pray for those who, yeah. who fall oh, as fall. a church. Right. And mm-hmm. the whole point of us saying this is not to point out failures in people, but we actually believe there is a turning point. There can be a turning point. This is not death. If you are alive, the Bible says a, a, um, a dog that is alive is better than a dead lion. So we talk, we don't talk to the dead. Right, only with the dead, there's no turning point, right? We talk to not those who are in Christ, right? We we talk, we don't talk to any dead people. <laughs> I want to make sure we make that clear. We don't invoke any dead spirit. We don't no. inv- We are not emboldened by any dead spirit. We are. Christ. There's only one spirit that can in, that can indwell that the Christian can is allowed to have in them is the Holy Spirit. If that's not it. Check yourself. Mm-hmm. But but I'm just saying the whole point is we're talking to people who are still living, people who have decided to come to the Lord. And with that said, we are dying to our flesh daily. And that looks sometimes like we make a big mistake. Don't be like a Judas where you make that mistake and don't turn away and just mm-hmm. kill yourself. Be like a, a Peter that recognize and accept the pain of the grief that just happened. Mm-hmm. Accept it and weep. And go back, take the embarrassment of going back and said, I don't deserve to be with you. Nevertheless, your, your, your throne of mercy is so great that I'm coming here boldly, unashamed, <laughs> even though I should be embarrassed. But unashamed before your throne, saying, I need your mercy, but for your grace there I. So I'm just saying that we point, we point these things out not to say that you are, you're done. You are not done. If you are still living, there's hope. There's hope. Yes, I I completely agree. I feel that um, we're we're saying this to shine a light on it, but we're saying it to say, okay, today is a new day. You woke up this morning. Look at what's well, going you know, on and see if the, if you can make the change. You can make a judgment. You can make the decision today that you are going to follow God no matter what. Amen. Well, the, the other thing, too, when we talk about um, leaders and the church and, and, you know, the foundation is Christ, right? When we look at our identity, who who are we and who does he want us to be? And, you know, um, I was reading Proverbs uh, 3, mm-hmm. starting from verse 1. It says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about their neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Mm-hmm. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. He will so I think people path. are, yeah, they're, they're trusting into, into, you know, whatever the culture is, whatever the world is. They're not trusting what the word of God says. They're not, you know, it says lean not unto your own understanding, but trust the Lord and he is going to direct your path. And I think 
in some ways that's what's missing. So if, if, if you're out there or whatever station, whatever you do or whatever you're trying to do for the Lord, just know that you got to have that foundation. You have to seek the Lord while he can be found. Um, and he will help you and direct you and, and point you in the right direction. And the direction is for him. It's not for, it's not for, when I say it's not for you, that sounds because obviously you want to be with the Lord, uh, you know, at, at the end, but it's point, everything pointing towards him. Amen. Amen. So we need that foundation. Amen. Amen. And, and I think, you know? I think so, Mich- I think too, Michelle, there come a point we see this and I think it's in still Exodus 32 there come a point where Moses said, okay, if you are with God, if you want to be with God, come this way. If you don't want to be with mm-hmm. God, go that way. Because there is a consequence. And that's, that's one thing I tell my nieces and nephews. There's a consequence for every action. And I refuse to suffer the mm-hmm. consequences of someone else's action. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's, hard, it's hard enough to suffer my own consequences, my own actions. Right. <laughs> you know, when they, if you, if you, if I, if you repent of your sin or whatever you've done, I'll come along and help you, but I won't suffer the consequence for you. But there is a consequence for actions. I think once we don't realize that we're going to continue to make mistakes and, and not take a stand. I think there is a consequence, um, um, to your action, there's a good consequence for good actions. There's a bad consequence for bad action. And it goes to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I love also mm-hmm. in John 6, 66. That's right. Oh, you gone there? No, no, yeah, okay. John 6, 66, it says, um, and let me see, maybe you have it fully, um, allow this. Then he said, Jesus had just finished preaching um, something that was harsh to the flesh. Yeah, about the living bread, taking his, um, um, but here's the bread uh, that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and or die. And the living bread that came down from heaven, whoever eats its bread will be live forever. This bread is my flesh. Will I will give you for the life of the world, which I will give for the life of the world. This was a harsh teaching for them to understand. So and, that's and, it yeah, up. that's why it picks up, which, okay. <laughs> you can continue. <laughs> um, so when they were grumbling about this teaching and Jesus heard them, um, aware of, of that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you, what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh comes for nothing. The words... I have spoken to you. They are full of the spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe Mm -hmm. and who will betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the father has enabled them. And then a little further down, he said, 67 or 66. Yeah, 67. From this time, um, uh, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And verse sixty-seven, you do not, you do not want to leave uh, to leave to uh, to do you. Oh, Jesus asked the, the other disciples, "I stayed. You do not want to leave to do you?" So I love that. So there come a point where Jesus did not change his stance. He he, he asked, asked where you are <laughs> exactly, and I love this as well. In Joshua twenty four fifteen, it says, Joshua said, but if serving the Lord seem undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amortites 
and mm. those in whose land you are living. But as for me in my, my house, house we will serve the Lord. I, you may not want to follow me, but I'm going to I'm going to lead myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you want to come, come. That's the that's where it comes with. I don't want to be like. I'm not so interested in being like. My interest is living for God, right? So mm. it's that you are not when you're so interested in followers as opposed to doing the work of God. I think you'll find that. Wow. Final thoughts, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what? I I want to end with the fact that we are bringing this up for a reason. This is what we're experiencing and what we are yes. seeing. But I also want to end with, this is not the end. Mm-hmm. You didn't make a mistake that was irrevocable, that is going to change your direction. You can look at what's going on and hear this and say, you know what, God, and I went to Psalm 25 for new passion, the Passion Translation where it says, Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life's path that is pleasing to you. Escort me along the way. Take me by the hand and teach me, for you are the God of my increasing salvation. I have wrapped my heart into yours. So I say to you that if you're hearing this and it sounds like, oh, wow, I was doing this, this is the day that you can change. This is the day that you can go back to God and say, who am I? What is my identity? What is the identity you have for me? I want to change. I want to do what you're calling me to do in this season. And and can I just say it? I guess you guys can go first. I'll go last, I guess. <laughs> no, whatever. whatever. Whichever way it goes. For me, it's just a very simple point. You know, it's like, just like they're Judas's and, you know, um, you, you may fall and, and, you know, some may not recover, which is, is, is it's definitely a sad situation. But we have so many Davids out there as well. You know, let's, let's model after that. I mean, Jesus, obviously, our main model, but, you know, he left all these examples of people that lived, a, you know, lived life in, in very difficult situations, circumstances. They failed many times, but their heart was always pointing to Jesus. And so that is, you know, the, the message here is not don't stay down, don't stay follow. If you know that you're following the wrong thing or a leader that's going straight or, you know, pray for them, but, you know, get yourself out of, out of that and follow, um, go to a different church, whatever it is. Uh, don't stay in that situation and stay in that, those circumstances. And give it right back to the Lord. Um, Peter, right? He, like, like you say, Maud, is such an important one for me because he swore up and down that he was not going to do that. And yet he did. He denied Christ. Yet he repented mm-hmm. from that. He was sorrowful. And he came back to the Lord. And that is the main message that God wants yeah. you come back to me. Make that U turn, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I have, I have two, two, uh, I guess two, two last, two last thoughts. Um, <laughs> so, you know, one is, listen, we're frail, we're frail. Yeah. We are, we are human. Um, we are not perfect. The only person that's perfect is the Lord. And so I would, I would recommend, and this is something that I ask the Lord, um, pretty frequently actually, um, in Psalm, uh, 139, verse 23 and 24, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So, you know, I want the Lord to point out to me if, if I'm doing something that's grievous to him, 
to to point that out so that I can I can repent of it so I can be who he wants me to be. And then the second thing I just want to say is, you know, just just go down deep into that word, into that foundation, um, which will just uplift you in Colossians 2, 7. It says, let your roots go down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught and let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done for you. So I just, we just, we just want, you know, the Lord to just, just bless you and just outpour from you in, into the gift or whatever calling that he's given you. Amen. Amen. And, and, and for me, I think to, to say what everybody has said is the same thing. Because I'm a human being too, living in this world. Because if I was already complete, I would not be here, I guarantee you. The Lord would have taken me. So I am daily dying to my flesh. And I can see that we, I can get to a point where I sway away as well. However, I want to be aware that this is not normal. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. But I love the fact that you can make that U-turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You can make that U-turn. And, and I love that. Jesus said, forgive those people seven times seven, which is all the time. And he himself forgive constantly as well, so long as you keep coming back to him. So I want to say this. I do recognize leadership is such a great role. You have such a good responsibility to take care of the the prize that Jesus died for. And it it takes a lot of courage, a a lot of humility, a lot of... um, of letting go of my your own desire. And it's hard. It takes a lot of tears. And you will lose friends. You will not look good in social media if you take the stand of God. You will not. You will be mocked. Because you are not going along with culture. And you are not going. But if the culture is not aligning with God, I don't think you have a choice if you're a true believer. I don't think I have a choice. If I choose the culture, I'm making a decision. Mm-hmm. It sounds harsh. I'm denying Christ, and I'm accepting the world. So I think we want to be able to recognize that the it's not. I, I'm not. A, there's health. There's baby Christians where you keep giving them milk. Paul said at one point you should be eating meat, mm-hmm. and I'm still feeding you milk. Right, right. You don't want to do that. So I want to leave you with this verse: Isaiah forty thirty one. But the, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Um, God bless you. And we just always love to be here with you. And I hope that God just um, keep you and, and we'll see you next time. Amen. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. 
I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. 
My question is, will you be my child?